This is episode five of The Race Marked Out, a study of Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to three. In the previous episode, we saw how the author of the book of Hebrews challenged his readers to run with perseverance the race that had been marked out for them by keeping their eyes on the Lord Jesus, who was the author or founder and perfecter of their faith. In verse 2, he goes further to describe for us some details about the Lord Jesus and and why we need to fix our eyes upon him. And here in verse 2, we find four things that we need to see in the example of Jesus that we need to follow in the race that is marked out for us. Let's read from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In the race that is marked out for us, we have an example to follow. The Lord Jesus went before us and he himself completed the race. His life and his death serve as a powerful example of the race that the Father wants us to run. And Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 reveals Jesus not only as the author and perfecter of our faith, but also as the example that we are to follow. And he goes on and he shares with us how Jesus goes before us to show us the way in which we need to walk. And so here in this, in this study, I want to take a moment to look at four details about the walk and the life of of the Lord Jesus. As we begin, notice first the phrase, who for the joy that was set before him. Now the question we need to ask ourselves is this, what does that phrase tell us about how Jesus ran the race? Well, it tells us simply that Jesus ran the race with joy. Now understand here that the path chosen for the Lord Jesus was was a difficult one. He would ultimately lay his life down and die a cruel death on the cross of, of Calvary. The path marked out for Jesus headed straight for that cross. And as he lived his life, his, he was despised and, and rejected on this earth. But the writer to the Hebrews tells us that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Now, what was the joy set before Jesus Christ? Some people believe that it was the fact in the fact that he would return to his father and sit at the right hand of the father. Now, clearly, that was part of the joy he, he experienced in the race, that, that, that hope that he had that one day, when all of this was over, he would go and, and be in the very presence of, of the Father. And that would have given him great strength in the battle that was before him. But that interpretation, however, leaves us to believe that his joy was in a future event and, and not in the present reality. 
You see, in the New Testament, we have several examples where where believers experience the joy of the Lord in their difficulties. Consider, first of all, for example, the words of Paul to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given to the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Notice what Paul's telling us here. He speaks here about the churches of Macedonia, the fact that they were going through a severe test of affliction. And in that severe test of affliction, they were given grace in their circumstance. And that grace produced an abundance of joy in their extreme poverty, not in a future event, but in the midst of their extreme poverty. And that grace also produced an overflowing of wealth of generosity to those around them. You see, their joy was not just in some future event or, or circumstance. That is human, to rejoice in something that we're going to get. But somehow they were able to experience joy in the suffering, in their circumstance, and that was beyond human. That was divine. In fact, Acts chapters 13 and verse 50 to 52 tell us about the apostles and and how they were expelled from Antioch because of the gospel that they preached. But the verse goes on to tell us that they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit as they were rejected and pushed out of a city because they preached the gospel, the gospel that was rejected by the people. Now, the rejoicing was not in the rejection of the gospel, but there was the rejoicing was in, in the Lord, and, and they were experiencing a, a great joy even in the midst of being kicked out of a city. You see, the joy we speak about here is the fruit of the Spirit of God. There's, there is something that works within us to produce this joy. There is certainly a human joy in looking forward to the great things we have. But this joy, this joy of the Spirit goes deeper than that. It, it is a work of the Spirit of God filling us with joy even in the midst of tremendous pain and suffering. The joy of the Lord, it strengthens us and enables us to persevere in the race that is marked out for us. And Jesus experienced the joy of knowing that he would be with the Father. But he also experienced the joy of the Spirit in the midst of his suffering as he ran with perseverance the race that was marked out for him. But there's another joy that, we, that he experienced as well. And that's the joy of the mother delivering a baby. She knows where this pain is leading. She knows that at the end of the suffering, there will be a baby in her arms. For Jesus, the end of his suffering meant the forgiveness of sin and the nations coming to be joined with the Father. 
It meant the release of men and women bound in sin and their freedom over the dominion of evil. And in that, there was great joy. That, that joy gave him courage to, to persevere and, and to keep on the race that was marked out for him. The Lord Jesus ran the race marked out for him with joy. And that joy pleased the Father. I don't know if you've ever given someone a task to do and they, they did that task with a chip on their shoulder. They, they do what they're told, but they complain about their lot. In some ways, it would be it would be preferable for them not to do the task than to do it with that kind of an attitude. You see, God, who calls us to this race, calls us to run the race with joy in our heart, to run with delight, knowing that he awaits us at the finish line, to run with the joy of the Spirit, overcoming the suffering and the pain and the trials that we feel on the way, to run with a deep sense of gratitude to God for what he's going to accomplish on this course, to run without joy brings no honor to the Father. And if you're not running with joy in your heart, you need to cry out to God and ask him to touch you. Nehemiah once told the people of his day that the joy of the Lord was their strength. In Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, the joy of the Lord is a strength. The joy of the Lord and the joy of God as a gift of the Spirit will keep us when trials abound. It will enable us to please the Father, for without joy, our service is a drudgery. So Jesus, as he ran this race before him, he did so with joy in his heart. Joy as he looked forward to the end joy as he faced the problems and struggles along the way, and joy knowing what this race was going to accomplish in your life and in my life. The second characteristic we need to see here of Jesus Christ is found in the phrase, endured the cross. The cross was not an easy thing to bear. In fact, the word endure indicates that there was suffering and trial involved. And the race marked out for Jesus was, was a difficult one, but one he did not give up. He willingly embraced that cross as the purpose of the Father and suffered the cruelty of that cross for you and I. While the joy of the Lord will be our strength, all who run the race marked out for them must prepare to suffer. Writing to Timothy, the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 to 12. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the, from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, 
all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Notice that phrase. All who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. Paul experienced that as he ran the race that was marked out for him. That is the nature of the race that is set out for us. The question is, are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to suffer for this race that is marked out for you? Those who run this race will be persecuted and will have to persevere through hardships. Now, there are those that teach us that if we accept the Lord Jesus, then all will be well. There's certainly truth to that. Things will be well, but we must never confuse the word well with ease. While things will be well for us, they will also be difficult. There will be persecutions. There will be struggles. And if we look to Jesus as our example, we certainly do not see a life of ease. His life was difficult. He suffered. He was oppressed. Ultimately, he laid down his life and died an early death. And to follow him, we must be willing to face that suffering to the end. And so not only does Jesus run the race before him with joy, but we also find that the Lord Jesus made it his commitment to to endure to the end, and he willingly suffered for you and me to accomplish the purpose of God. And all who would live a godly life in Jesus Christ will also suffer This race will not be easy. The third example that we need to see here in this verse 2 is found in the phrase, despising the shame. Now, the Roman cross was designed to shame the criminal. The person sentenced to the cross would be lifted up half naked for all to see. There'd be an example to every citizen who passed by. Every cry of agony would be heard by those who passed by. There they were hung to be shamed. There was no dignity in their death. They would be entertainment for the angry mob. Insults would be hurled at them, and they would die in absolute agony. But notice here the attitude of the Lord Jesus to this shame of the cross. Verse 2 tells us that he despised the shame. The Greek word used here literally means to neglect or not to care about. The Son of God, as deserving as he was of all honor and all respect, disregarded the shame and public humiliation he was going to experience on the cross and surrendered his life with joy. He humbly submitted to a death he did not deserve so that we could live. He willingly suffered injustice and abuse. He did not let his position as creator, as God, stand in his way of of being willing to suffer for you and me. 
The Apostle Paul put it this way, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. The Lord Jesus humbled himself and went to the cross. The race that is marked out for us will only be hindered by pride. And if you and I are going to seek to make a name for ourselves in this race, we are going to fail. We must be willing to stoop down and wash the feet of the disciples. We must be willing to give up our resources and not to hoard our resources. We must be willing to die to ourselves. We must be willing to die to our reputation. If you're going to run the race that is marked out for you, you need to look to the example of Jesus. And his example is one of not caring about the shame that he was going to face, of of humbly submitting himself to the will of the Father, even though it meant public humiliation and shame. This too must be our attitude. We must humble ourselves, just as Jesus did, if we're going to run the race that is marked out for us. There's one more detail I need us to to focus on before we conclude, and that's found in the phrase in verse 2, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Culturally, the right hand was the side of favor. And if you wanted to express honor to someone as, as a leader, you would place them at your right hand. Now, Jesus ran the race marked out for him to receive the prize at the end. Listen to the words of of Paul. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal for the prize, said Paul in Philippians 3 and verse 14. The Lord had prepared a prize for Paul when he finished his race. And Paul ran in such a way as to receive that prize. He expressed a similar thought to the Corinthians when he said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul exercised discipline, and he ran in such a way as to obtain the prize that Jesus had prepared for him when he finished his race. The Lord Jesus ran to please the Father and to receive what he had in store for him. We too need to run the race for the prize that that God has for us. 
Now, there are those who think that running to receive a prize is selfish, but that's not the case. You see, God has a purpose for us. And all who live a godly life want to know and realize that purpose for their lives. God has a prize for us. And those who love the Lord accept this prize with with great delight. In fact, to run with all we have in in order to reach the prize for the praise and glory of, of God will bring him glory. It is the purpose of God. It was the purpose of God that the Lord Jesus sit at the right hand of God. And so Jesus ran the race to make that possible. Anything less would dishonor the Father and his purpose for Jesus Christ. And if we look to the Lord Jesus as our example, we will run to accomplish the purpose of the Father. We will run to receive what the Father has in store for us and everything that the Father has in store for us. We will not slack off, but seek to obtain every single blessing that God has in store for all those who finish the race. And only as we do so, Can we finish the race and hear him say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. And so in the race that is marked out before us, we have an example. We're to run as Jesus ran. We're to run with joy in our hearts for no other motivation will honor the Father. We are to prepare ourselves to to face the struggle that is ahead with perseverance for all of us who run this race will face uh, persecution and struggle on the path. We are to humbly bow down and accept even the injustice of those who falsely accuse us, casting off our pride, submitting to the purpose of God, no matter how difficult it might be, dying to ourselves, humbling ourselves, even as Jesus humbled himself. And we are to run the race as Jesus did to obtain the prize and to receive the fullness of God's approval, to receive the fullness of his blessing, to receive the fullness of that prize for anything less than that would dishonor the name of the one for whom we run this race. Father, as we come before you, We see in this verse these tremendous examples of what Jesus did and how he ran the race that was marked out for him. We see Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, running this race, this difficult and trying race with joy in his heart, seeking with all his heart to please and honor the Father, delighted to be part of this battle for truth. We see Jesus who endured the cross, the suffering, the pain, without giving up. We see Jesus humbling himself, despising the shame, 
thinking nothing of the shame that was before him, willing to lay down his holy and perfect sinless life on a cross, be lifted up and mocked and ridiculed. And we see him running this race with such an effort. We see him running to receive the the prize, the fullness of what you have in store for him to accomplish everything that you have for him. And so today he sits at the right hand, your right hand of Father, as one who is honored, as one who ran perfectly. And so Father, he becomes our example, an example for us to follow, teach us, to run the kind of race that Jesus ran for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.